Hi folks, welcome back to On Call with Insignia, where we go on call with leaders innovating the future of Southeast Asia's internet and digital economy, or as we like to call it, as the innovation. I'm your host, Paolo Aquino. And we have with us actually a returning guest, none other than Ivan Darmawan, who is the CEO and co-founder of Bakul, and he's brought with us to the show his co-founder, Stephanie Wongsoreja. So really great to have both of you now on the show and to share more about what you guys are doing at Bakul. So welcome to the show, guys. All right, thanks, Paolo. Glad to be back. I'm here with my co-founder, Stephanie. So yeah, uh, really happy to meet you again. Thanks for coming on, Stephanie, as well. Hi, Paolo. Yeah, I'm Stephanie, the co-founder of Buckle and the CEO. And of course, Stephanie, since this is your first time, maybe you can share a little bit about your background coming into Bakula and what you bring to the table as you know CEO and CEO respectively. Maybe we can start first with, with Stephanie. So yeah, Ivan and I, we've been friends for more than 15 years. We went to junior high school and study abroad together and back here to Indonesia with one vision, increasing the productivities in these untapped cities. Therefore, we're building our startup outside Jakarta, move out there to increase the productivities of people in these untapped cities. And a bit about my background, I graduated from UC Berkeley High School of Business. And growing up, I've been helping my family retail businesses for more than 15 years. We're doing this family entertainment industry, focusing on rural areas across Indonesia, manage more than 150 retail stores. Therefore, I used to manage and expand large-scale team and operations. And also, I experienced in running a huge supply chain across Indonesia. And therefore, right now, I'm in charge as the COO for Bakul. Yeah, thanks, Stephanie, and, and welcome to the show. For, uh, it's your first first time on, and we'll get to talk a little bit about how that has, you know, that that is helping you now, having already built or managed a really, you know, nationwide business. How that's helping you now with Bakul. But Ivan, for you, maybe you can share for those listening in for the first time and hearing about you for the first time about what your background is and what you bring to the table for Bakul. Hi, I'm Ivan. I'm the CEO of Bakul. Previously graduated from University of Southern California with major uh, industrial and systems engineering. So a lot of focus on supply chain and logistics management. I also have 15 plus years of experience in farming, retail and tech. And I previously worked in Southeast Asia unicorns handling growth of three different countries. And after jumping into like the startup ecosystem through my professional experiences and witnessed how impactful a startup can be towards environment, I get committed towards making like a change for the communities itself. As you know, like Stephanie and I have known each other for more than 15 years since our junior high school days. Both of us, our families came from near two cities. So we know how painful it is for people living in these areas to buy the grocery seeds. And we see like through our services, we can improve the productivity of these people and also improve their quality of life. And that's one of the reasons why we started off Bakul after all of our experiences. Yeah, no, I think it's a really interesting background as well. Similar to Stephanie, also came from family business, but for you, you also had stints in unicorn companies, having seen sort of seeing their fast growth as well, which I'm sure has been very helpful in building Bakul. And for our listeners, especially those who tuned in to our last year's episode with Ivan, you may be wondering why we're talking about Bakul now. And last year, we were talking about uh, Radius, which is sort of a different company, right? For this episode, we wanted to share a little bit more about that transition why you guys decided to, to move into Bakul and what are you bringing from Radius into Bakul as you're, as you're growing this business now. So maybe we can start off from, you know, dial back 
from the very first decision, like what made you guys decide to, you know, evolve Radius into into Bakul into this business? So back in Radius days, more than eighty percent of our customers were asking us to provide online delivery for fresh produces. And as Ivan has mentioned, that his experience in farming. So he knows the exact details for the operation and as simple as like for the QC for picking the pages and fruits. Therefore, we tried the pilot project for two months. And surprisingly, in a month, there are like thousands of orders coming in. And at that time, we realized that we're tackling huge pain points in these untapped cities. Mm-hmm. I have anything to add. Basically, we're founders that always get back to data. And when we see which products our customers are really looking for. So that's why we make the pivot to it. Right, right. And speaking of pivots, you know, pivots are, I'd say, like part and parcel of a startup's journey. And, you know, they, they come in many different forms. But for you know, Radius going into Bakula's case, like it was really, you know, a significant change or evolution, right? So I was curious to know what is the biggest, you know, learning for for both of you making this change, especially from an operational standpoint? Yeah, I mean, we previously did 15-minute delivery before. So we are very used in managing crazy fast operations and uh, expansion. Our team has stayed with us from Radius to Bakul. So they're pretty much like a professional in handling crisis and also bring the best in service for our customers. So yeah, I think that really helps in, in our business right now. How about for you, Stephanie? Any, any learning as you went through this process of you know, evolving into this new business, especially for yourself as CEO. Yeah, uh, in spending our money, we're actually very frugal back then. And this makes us like having stronger fundamentals for our business. Yeah, I think just really drives home the point that pivots, they're not just uh, sort of eureka moments, but sort of build-ups over time. And certainly you guys have built up several advantages, even in Radius that have helped you now in Bakul. And now I, I also wanted to zoom in a little bit to the whole fresh produce market opportunity, right? Because I think it's interesting that coming from quick commerce, you decided to zoom in into this particular type of SKU and, you know, tackle it specifically again for tier two, tier three and rural Indonesia. So maybe you can describe a little bit about like why fresh produce, apart from the fact that, of course, Ivan has that background, right? As Stephanie mentioned, is there anything that you notice from, you know, in terms of the SKU itself, like how it's handled, you know, the margins in this type of vertical, all those things that make it a quite significant market for you guys to tackle. As we know, the, the cities that we're targeting, the tier two and tier three cities, they have a GDP per capita lower than $7,000. And the average income per month for the people living in the cities is actually 50% lower than Jakarta, despite having similar spending on fresh produce and other groceries compared to Jakarta. This resulted to a very minimal disposable income and spending power for these people. And if we zoom in a bit more on what are they spending, actually almost 50% of their monthly income comes from fresh produced purchases. And this is actually one of the main reasons why that we're tackling fresh produce in tier two cities is because we see like very much inefficiencies in the supply chain that cost an increase of price up to 700% from the farm to table. And the journey is still very painful because there are no online providers. They cannot experience delivery services from their home. And they also need to go to the wet market every night just to get their daily needs. So we really do see like a very big pain point for us to solve. And especially it contributes to half of their monthly income. And then I think it's also like a very big pain point for us to tackle. 
Yeah, so definitely you have a, a market with high demand for this type of product, plus the fact that the, the costs will tend to be very high getting to these areas, as you mentioned and as you've described. And I wanted to ask, like, given that we've seen a lot of e-grocery, you know, fresh produce type platforms, especially in more focused on Jakarta, tier one cities, and now you've, you've been running Bakul already for more than six months. Like, how has your approach, you know, differ, had to differ because of the, the, the unique segment that you're targeting? So... As you mentioned, like other startups are actually focusing on greater Jakarta area. But yeah, for us, we have our vision that we're going to focus on this untapped cities, the second and third tier cities outside Jakarta. And right now we're using the B2A model, which is the business to agents. And our approach to acquire these agents is through like offline event, the moms and communities leader gathering that we help. Yeah, so I wanted to zoom in a little bit to those agents and you guys can describe like what is in it for these agents to actually, you know, be a part of the Bakul, you know, ecosystem. How do you create that win-win situation also for, for the agents? Practically for our agent, they're able to sell the fresh produce products to their neighbors or communities, right? Since they're the ones collecting orders from the neighbors and communities, they can purchase the fresh produce from Bakul in bulk. And with that, they will be getting like an additional discount from the purchase. And so far from the purchase, they can resell our products to the neighbors. Looking at the data across thousands of agents that we have acquired, they've been able to generate three times the income that they have previously. So of course, this is a really big win for the agents as well. I think it's definitely one of the impacts that you, you guys are creating for these communities and economies in, in rural Indonesia. And I actually wanted to talk a little bit more about that impact, right? And I remember you talked a lot about, you know, household productivity, that particular concept of house, increasing household productivity. So maybe you guys can describe what exactly that means, not just for the agents, but even for, you know, the end consumers who buy from these agents, the fresh produce. So we have thousands of agents who are serving its communities daily. As for now, and our customer who used to go to wet market before at midnight to 2 a.m. in the morning before to get the best quality of fresh produces, right now they no longer need to go to the wet market and can save up to 5 hours per day. And our agents also have proven that they generated 3x of their previous income. Right, yeah. So I think we have a clear idea of the kind of impact that you guys are doing. Now I also, I, I wanted to shift gears and talk about more, you know, more about the learnings that you guys have had so far as you've built this business. Specifically, since both of you guys have had, you know, background in, you know, farming and then also supply chain and retail. Is there anything new that you learned as you were building Bakul over the past more than, you know, six, seven, eight months? Anything new that you learned from these specific areas? You know, running fresh produce operations in rural Indonesia. Yeah, I think from the past few months, we are operational. Really discovered that the supply chain from the farm to table is very much still inefficient. And the one who is bearing all the results is actually the customers with, if, despite having a very painful journey to buy this fresh produce going to the web market every night, they still need to pay more than 700% markup. And also knowing that the income of these people is actually way less than Jakarta, it's actually half. The price for the produce is still way similar. So with this group buying model, with our agent, we are trying to solve all these inefficiencies and also making life our customers better. With our agents, our customers will be able to buy from their nearest pickup point, which is the agents itself. They can 
experience delivery service and no longer need to go to the wet market. And since we're buying directly from the farmers as well, we can provide the fresh produce at five to 10% cheaper prices than the retail. More towards like no, really knowing the variety of what customer wants in terms of the product specification and just really understanding the customers. Do you find that for fresh produce, there's a lot of specificity or, you know, like differences in, or variations across like different areas? Like in one city in Central Java, is it different in terms of like, how, how would it differ in terms of fresh produce needs from other cities in Central Java? So from our data, we learned that different regions have different preferences in buying fresh produces and its specification. For example, there's a region that we're serving, they really like this baby potatoes, while other regions, they prefer the big ones. And some other regions might have really high purchases on lemons, and some other might be rare in like other regions, rarely to buy this lemons. And so data is very important in your operation. And for Ivan, how, how predictable are these behaviors? Is it more of a seasonal thing or do you see it not changing as much over the years once yeah. you find out what that is? I think definitely about fresh produce. One of the key thing to win in this market is to really understand the customers and their needs. And we have seen behaviors where different regions have different preferences from the top products and even the specifications. We are developing our own tech integrated with AI capability as well, where it will learn, where it will capture all the data from the customers and help us in forecasting the inventories that we need to stock up for our customers. I think data is really important for us in developing this business. So yeah, Baku is not just, you know, delivering goods, but actually really also a data company in that sense of really understanding what the needs are of these really underserved communities in Indonesia when it comes to fresh produce. So now on that note, I wanted to move into a second corner that we started here in season five, which is a simple, you know, advice sharing corner, especially since many of our listeners are also, you know, entrepreneurs are thinking about getting into entrepreneurship. And you guys have had, apart from Bakul and apart from Aegis, also, you know, past experiences managing and growing companies. So maybe you can share, like, what would your number one advice be for entrepreneurs undergoing a pivot or a change, like a wholesale change in their business? What advice would you give to them to make sure that pivot is actually meaningful and worth it as you guys have, have made it with, with Bakul, right? So I think advice for any startups who's facing dilemma and pivoting or not, the most important thing is to just rely on data and really talk to the customers and really to see whether you are providing a service or products really needed by the customers and getting too invested in your initial idea or hypothesis because yeah. sometimes that's what blocking you from making the jump, right? Mm -hmm. And that also really ties into how Bakul started in the first place, noticing all the data about, you know, fresh produce and all of that. So thanks for sharing that, Ivan. Stephanie, anything you wanted to add in terms of like what advice would you give to all the entrepreneurs that are undergoing a pivot or finding it or deciding whether or not to pivot. Yeah. So I think like Ivan and I on the same team where like the co-founder that always go back to the data, just make sure one thing that you guys need to do, always go to the ground and see like what your customers are really looking for. All right. And on that, I think that has really been a theme for our conversation today has been really going back to the customers, going back to the data and, you know, overcoming sort of your own biases about where you want the business to go. So now we move on to a rapid fire round. You know, it's just some short answers, to some hopefully fun questions. The first one is what digital technology or innovation excites you the most today? 
It doesn't have to be related to to Bakul. Maybe just something that you're interested in, Ivan. I think lately I've been seeing a lot of news about the AI different. The AI, I've been seeing a lot of news about the AI driven chatbot, like the mm-hmm. chat. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting how the benefits and contradictions have rises. Have you thought about how a company like Bakul might use ChatGPT? We haven't used that yet, but yeah, I've tried to play along with. Right, Next question is: What is one thing that you learned from each other? Maybe like Ivan, what did you learn from Stephanie? Stephanie, anything that you learned from Ivan as, as you guys have been working together all the way from Radius until now with Bakul? Stephanie, maybe this time you want to go first. One thing that I could say that I learned from Ivan as we worked together this past few times would be his high attention with every single details that actually really helped us in managing the risk and grow the business. So yeah, I could say like well calculated. Ivan, how about you? Anything that you learned from Stephanie? Stephanie and I both are a perfect combination for co-founders. Like as you know, like I have more attention towards detail, whereas Stephanie is more focused towards growing the operations. So yeah, really learning from her how to just expedite all the progress and the growth of the company. Mm-hmm. And on my side, I'll just check on the detail and manage all the risks. Sounds like a you know really well matched founding team. My next question is, what's your favorite activity to de-stress, or how do you take care of your you know mental health as entrepreneurs? For me, typically I just do uh, workouts. I think that's the only sports I do right now, and it helps me not to de-stress. Right for you, Stephanie. Same here. Maybe just different type. I'll I I'll do Pilates, okay. so it's like one of the best ways for me to really stress after a long hectic day. And then finally, anything that you've, any resource that you've read, you know, podcast that you listen to, or anything like that that you've absorbed or taken up recently that you'd like to recommend to our listeners. Actually, I love this book by Richard Branson. It's called Like a Bird. It's mm-hmm. an information hack book on how to build a startup or to become an entrepreneur, and it's delivered in a very light way. So I recommend it to people. Right, right. So, Like a Virgin. Yeah, that's definitely the first time that book has been recommended on the show. So, yeah, thanks for adding that to our list of recommended reads from founders. Stephanie, how about anything that you'd like to share on that? For me, I would say just read this book. It's Purple Cow by Seth Godin. It's about a unique marketing. It's a very simple book, only a hundred pages, but very insightful. All right, yeah. So Purple Cow as well. I think also the first time that it's been recommended on the show. So thanks for sharing that, and hopefully our listeners will find it useful to check both these books out. And on that note, thank you so much, Ivan and Stephanie, for coming on the show. Not only did we get to learn more about Bakul and the impact that you guys are having for Wool Indonesia, but also some of the learnings that you've gained as you've you know transitioned the business from Radius into Bakul and also just growing it uh, thereafter, right? And also had some fun sharings as well towards the end. So thank you so much, Ivan and Stephanie. Can't wait to hear more about the business down the line. And in the meantime, all the best and thanks again for coming on the show. All right, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much, Paulo. Bye.